My biggest goal is to someday get permission to use Led Zeppelin's Traveling Riverside Blues as my intro. Until then, it'll just have to play in our heads. Welcome to this episode of Mike Out. I'm your host, Mike Hernandez. Today I will be talking about management and leadership. Uh, there are two different things, and uh, I wanted to talk about some styles, uh, three management styles in particular that uh, seem to be pretty uh, pretty common. We've got uh, the management style that delegates, one that participates, and one that tells. And I bring these up so that you can think about which uh, style is maybe more conducive for your business, for maybe your level of development and or your the level and development of your your actual team so we'll talk a little bit about some of the characteristics and uh, and some situations I might offer some examples from my experience so delegating everybody mentions delegating you have to be able to delegate but in order to be able to delegate, you've got to trust the employee's workability. And there has to be a high workload. And there has to be, you know, you have to be confident. So if you trust your employees based on their work performance, on, on how they respond to workload that you've given them in the past, then delegating, and you know that they're going to come through with it, uh, then delegating is a great management style to employ. If you have a lot of work that has to be done, you can break things down into teams. So if you're a small business owner, an entrepreneur, and um, you know you can't do everything yourself, and, and I think that's sometimes we do that out of necessity. I have, um, I've got content I've got to write. I've got to figure out, okay, how am I going to convert this into a video? Uh, how am I going to put some music on this? And how am I going to uh, maybe work with it and edit it and things like that, polish it up? Uh, those are all things that have to get done. And if I have somebody who can do that, obviously I want to delegate those things. A lot of times you can't, but you need to at least be aware and think about that stuff. Uh, that is a big workload. I tell people all the time, I've, I've got so much to do. I know a lot of people are at home bored and, and you know, this COVID-19 uh, situation. I, I just, there's so much I have to do and it's not busy work. Everything is necessary. Everything is uh, part of the plan, part of the process. There are steps that have to be taken to get there. So I'm sure if you are thinking about starting a business or if you are a small business owner already, you can probably relate. There's always something that needs to get done. Uh, but you have to have confidence. You know, you have to be confident that when you delegate these things to people, that that they're going to be able to do the work uh, to your satisfaction. Uh, I know outsourcing comes up a lot. A lot of people get virtual assistants. I've talked to people in the past. And you're going to have to probably work through quite a few until you find one that you feel comfortable with, one that 
relates to you and can understand exactly what it is that you uh, need done. So if you can get a virtual assistant, that's that's a great um, idea. But you also need to bear in mind the sensitivity of the information. Uh, you obviously don't want somebody working on intellectual property, uh, you know, things of that nature, because then you're in the risk of somebody ripping you off. But um, this type of style, or I guess this style of management works best when employees are willing to do the job. You've got people that are eager, hungry to learn. Uh, if you're mentoring somebody, this might be an ideal situation. Uh, when employees are trying to, you know, they and when they know how to do the job is the other thing. Again, you need that confidence. You need that reassurance that, if you delegate something, it's going to get done and you're not going to have to maybe babysit or follow up and correct a lot of stuff. So what do employees need from you? Well, um, there's a low level of support and a low level of guidance. They just may need for you to check in and uh, follow up, see, see how they're doing, see what's going on, make sure they're not running into any issues. In my previous life, when I worked as a, you know, in the convenience store industry, used to have to delegate a lot of tasks. And especially when, when employees are learning, they're willing to do it and they want to know how, it's still your responsibility to follow up to make sure that they did things correctly. So you're not going to be looking over the shoulder every step of the way, but you do need to have some checkpoints in place maybe where you stop in and see how things are going. Maybe um, at a certain point, they reach out to you, just kind of let you know where, where they're at and stuff. And that's, again, the low level of support, low level of guidance. You're just kind of looking over things to make sure that everything is uh, the way it's supposed to be and the way that you want it to, to be. Participating, that's another style. And again, for a small business owner, even an entrepreneur, you're probably going to have to be involved. So the characteristics of this and you know include being involved in the group and then facilitating teamwork. It's up to you to kind of orchestrate um, and give direction to the team. So if you're starting off your business and we'll just say you are manufacturing something. So you get a couple of people to come in, you hire a couple of people and you want to show them You've got a process set up of how you manufacture, you know, a product as an example. So obviously you're going to train them. You're going to teach them. You're going to be involved in helping them build whatever it is that, that you produce. And in the same way, you might break it down into different areas. Um, so one person's building this piece moves on to the next piece, to the next person, they build whatever and add on, and then it goes around. So uh, you'd be facilitating that. You're kind of involved in all of that to make sure that that's, everything's being followed in the right, you know, the right steps, everything's, the, the quality of the product is good, things of that nature. So this, this style of management works best when employees have the ability to do the job and they, they receive a high amount of support, which in the example that I gave, you're kind of involved in there. You're you're working hand in hand. Uh, you're rolling up your sleeves and you're you're getting in with the group. So uh, these employees need a high level of support, unlike when you're delegating. 
They they need support to make sure they're doing things right. They need access to you if they have questions, if they're not sure. Um, but once you've got once you've got them going, it's a low level of guidance. So you give a little bit of direction. They learn how to do it. Now you're just there to make sure that uh, it's getting done. You're in there just orchestrating everything. Again, you're facilitating the teamwork. The next style is a telling style. So it's when you tell somebody what to do. Uh, it's my least favorite style in a sense, but it depends really on the context of what we're doing. Um, if you're working and your boss is constantly telling you what to do, you know, we would consider that micromanaging. And I think those there are a lot of those bosses out there, there's those personality types that uh, they just feel like they have to be there constantly telling you what to do, following up, calling, checking on you, looking at where you're at. Um, I don't work well that way. Uh, I prefer not to. But, I mean, I have. And again, I understand the reasoning. If there's a lot going on and things need to get done, then somebody might need to feel the need to kind of micromanage and check with you what's going on, tell you what you need to do. Um, again, I'm not a big fan of that, but I have seen it happen. Uh, I don't like to do that. And, and you know, it's not my personal style. But um, in a situation like this, I'm kind of micromanaging. I'm kind of, I'm not really micromanaging, but I'm telling you. So, because as a teacher in this situation, I'm doing all the talking. It's This is a one-way. I'm telling you about things about business. We're not having a two-way conversation. Now, you could obviously leave some comments. Um, and so, I'm trying to be a facilitator, trying to help people understand different aspects of the business. Because people always say, gosh, I wish we they teach kids this in, in high school. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of adults who don't know how. Yeah, you've got a great idea and a great product. Uh, and it's, you know, maybe a service that's in demand, but you still need to know how to manage a business. And so these are some of the things that I am telling you about via this podcast. So it works best when you have employees that are not willing to do the job. you got bad employees that don't do their work and you have to micromanage them until you get them out of your organization. Or, and you hear so many horror stories about owners and entrepreneurs making bad hiring decisions. And a lot of times it goes way too far before they actually get them out the door. Uh, and a lot of times there's too much damage done. But that's an example of people not wanting to do the job. And you have to micromanage. You have to go and follow up to make sure things are getting done. It's particularly harder when you're working remotely. Um, not impossible, but you can still implement some things to uh, some steps to make sure that work is getting done. But it, it, it is a little more challenging when you're working remotely. And it also works best when employees aren't able to do the job. So if you hire somebody in a pinch or maybe somebody fast talked their way into getting hired and you notice that they really don't know what they're doing, or maybe you're trying to develop somebody, cross-train somebody to come in to do a different uh, job, um, maybe some different responsibilities, some different duties. Maybe you have to downsize. And in order to make things work, you have to split two jobs uh, 
and, and actually put them into one. So you give them to one person. You had two employees. You had to downsize and maybe put somebody on furlough, let somebody go. And now you still have those two areas that need to be taken care of on a daily basis. So you might put that on somebody, you know, giving somebody two jobs to do. And in a situation like that, they're not able to do this new job. They have to get up to speed. So you may have to micromanage and just follow up. Uh, micromanage has a negative a negative connota- uh, connotation, but sometimes it's just, you know, heavily being involved in what's going on on a daily basis. And as you see them developing, then you obviously you can start stepping back and letting, you know, giving them the space they need. Uh, I've always done a better job when people give me the tools I need to do the job and the latitude. Um, If I know what I need to do, I'll get it done. Just give me what I need and uh, give me the space to get it done. And I'll do it just as good, if not better than anybody else. But that's, uh, you know, once somebody gets, they've developed to that point, they've built that skill level up and that confidence and you know that they can get it done. Uh, Employees need high level of support. Obviously, it's a lot of energy to, have to follow up behind somebody to make sure they're getting their stuff done. You don't have the time and energy for that. But unfortunately, and I'm sure you could probably think of a time in your career or even now where you're struggling with trying to get somebody to do their job and they need a high level of support uh, or they need high level of guidance because they're not willing to do the job or they're not able to. Either way, you want to try to get out of this as fast as you can by either going all in on their training and giving them what they need. Uh, I used to do that when I was in, when I was a brand new manager, I always made sure that I was available. I checked on employees and it's a lot of work up front, but once they understand what they need to do, you start getting less phone calls at night. You start, they, they start producing better results. So I always find if you do the work up front, get it out of the way and develop them, you can get out of this phase the right way. Otherwise, you're going to spend all your time and energy following up on somebody who's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it's going to affect the morale if you have more uh, people working for you. So that's management styles in, in a nutshell. Now we're going to talk about some leadership styles. And we have autocratic, democratic and uh, license fair, which is the French, you know, term. So autocratic leadership is driven by authority. They like to tell others what to do. I've had bosses like that where it's their way or the highway and there's no really questioning. There's no, uh, you know, coming up with um, compromises or things like that. It's what they tell you to do. Do it because I said so. Uh, I don't operate best under those situations. I can, but um, I'm not a mule. I like to think, and I can come up with some great things. So, um, you know, but if that works for you, then that's fine. Uh, So you tell others what to do, limit discussions and new ideas. Uh, You know, when it comes to mind, I think I heard something about Elon Musk kind of because he's so busy that he's just short and to the point, and there's not really a whole lot of, leeway there for discussions, new ideas. Uh, You limit the group teamwork. So one person makes the decisions. Everybody else goes out and kind of executes that. 
should be used when time is limited. You don't have time to come up with a solution. You need to react. One person makes a decision. You have to determine what's going on, and then everybody else executes it. Uh, when group skills and knowledge are lacking, if you have a new team and they aren't up to speed yet, maybe they're not uh, in tune with your culture, then you may have to make those decisions. Uh, or when the group is not acquainted with each other, we're working remotely, you may have a global team put together and you work via Skype or Zoom or whatever the case is. So in a situation like that, one person, presumably you, needs to be in charge. And uh, it should not be used when the group has a strong sense of teamwork. If you've got some good people that work well together, then uh, you're going to kill you're going to kill all the good stuff that they're able to do uh, if you're being autocratic and you don't give them any room to play, to, to make decisions or to make adjustments. Um, it should not be used when spontaneity is desired. You want to think on the fly. They always say, hey, I want you to think outside the box, and you guys have latitude. Uh, so if you want spontaneity, then this isn't the style for you. Uh, also, when members have skill and knowledge, autocratic doesn't work. And I can name several examples of times where Somebody didn't appreciate or didn't want or felt threatened or whatever the case is by the skills and knowledge of the members. Democratic is, uh, you know, involves a group. And it's there to really spur on teamwork. You, you want to support a team. And it's, um, you know, you ask for feedback before telling. So unlike the last one, the autocratic, you take feedback in. You don't just tell people what, what they need to do, what needs to get done. It all should it should be used, you know, when there's time, when you have time. When there's when there's not a, a strict deadline, you're you know, you're not in a rush. It should also be used when the when you've got a team that's motivated. If you've got a team that 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 contributes and they always toss up ideas and solutions, it's a great time for you to employ that style. You need to adapt. I hear so many times that that's a big obstacle for small business owners. They don't want to give up the reins and you have to, if you're going to grow, if you're going to scale up, you need to be able to step away and, and hand over certain responsibilities. Uh, and again, when the team has, when the team has some, de some degree of skills or knowledge, when they know what they're doing, let them do it. If I have somebody who can, edit video and uh, they can, you know, edit audio and stuff like that. I'm going to let them do it. Why? I mean, I'm going to do something else. So let them do that. If a group is unmotivated, you should not use that. Don't use a Democratic because they're not going to get anything done. I once had a group of uh, managers that I was responsible for and uh, I took over this area and, it, and they were just unmotivated Um they hadn't really had any supervision in a while. So I remember there was a, an idea, Hey, let's, uh, we're going to give you some gift cards, take these guys out to uh, maybe do some team building. And normally I'm a big fan of team building, but in this situation I, I wasn't because they really weren't motivated and they hadn't really earned anything yet. So, um, we, I, I said, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, when a group has no skill or knowledge and when a group has conflicts among themselves, you, you know, it's not, it's not good to, to exercise that, that type of style or to employ that kind of style. Les is fair. The same thing. You give little or no direction. 
give opinions only upon request. Um, once you've developed a team, I guess the highest level of leadership is when people don't know you're the manager, you're the you're the owner, you're the leader, whatever the case is, because your team is so well trained and so effective that they can handle all any situation that comes up. And obviously, you have to do a lot of work to get it to that scenario, but that's kind of what it is. I was in a situation once. I was somewhere, and somebody came and said, oh, so you're the new boss. And I said, no, well, I've never seen you before. I said, well, I've been here for three and a half years. And while some people might look at that as a bad thing, that's actually a great thing. My team was so well-trained and prepared that the, they, the customer – never had to see me because my people could take care of stuff. And we had really uh, great numbers. So <clears throat> no person's in charge. Everybody can kind of, everybody, you know, we don't really look at titles. We look at the contributions. It should be used when a group has a high degree of skill and when they're motivated, they're performers. Uh, there's a strong sense of teamwork. Everybody works together for the group. And, the, and, and there's a familiar routine. They know the routine day in, day out, and they execute it. They perfect it. Um, and that's when you can just step away and give them that latitude to do their jobs. You don't want to use – you don't want to employ this type of leadership style when, when the group has no sense of team. When people aren't working together, uh, it wouldn't be good to be hands-off. When they don't have the knowledge, if it's a new team, it'll be the blind following the blind if you – implement this type of, of leadership style. And obviously when they're new or you're building a team and you're trying to establish a culture and processes, the group needs to be told what to do. So in a situation like that, you don't want to be hands-off because you're not going to like the results. So um, I'm going to go ahead and stop here for the day. I want to thank you for listening to this episode and I will uh, talk at you guys later. Let me know if you have any questions or comments. Um, I appreciate any feedback. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.